Hey, you know what? I just find it fascinating that both of us were looking at the same realistic thing of how are we going to feed these people? Mm-hmm. Where Where is all the poop going to go? I'll be to this the buzzkills in life, Sean. We're just looking at all the shit that can go wrong when people tell us a good piece of news. First thing yeah, that crossed my it... mind when they told me that India was going to be like number two in 2075, I'll be like, I just looked at yeah. someone and I was like, oh shit, I'll be dead by then. Who gives a fuck? And right. I walked <laughs> <laughs> so i hey man i just look at it and go being the biggest isn't the best you know mm-hmm. that just means money is in control of everything at that point not that it yeah. isn't already but you know look we've we made some huge mistakes here in america and we can't even fess up to making them much less fucking fixing them you know <laughs> i mean it's a, it's a great country it's a great idea everything else but you guys are transferring from an old country to a new country mm. and that's that's even weirder yeah i think this yeah. last section because we're less than a minute i can use as the intro for the entire show since we seem to have wrapped it up <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're gonna we're gonna cover the you're gonna be the biggest economy in the world in 2070 right 75 Close enough. So, so close enough. How many people do you think? How many people do you think you'll have by then? Honestly, at our current growth rate, at least somewhere between two and a half to three billion would be my guess. Right. How are you going to feed everybody? Uh, see, here's the problem: when you start quantifying economies by GDP alone, you forget about uh, all the other aspects. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like? I grumble about. Last week, I was complaining to you about how it took me like an hour and a half to get down the road five miles. Yeah. I mean, welcome to New York City. Mm-hmm. That literally is New York City. So the the thing that I would say to you, and I don't know if it was you or somebody else that told me this quote for um, India creates a um, 100 engineers for every lawyer that they create. Mm-hmm. And America creates a 100 lawyers for every engineer they create. <laughs> And I don't know if that's accurate, but it's a pretty good term because we do not put emphasis on the engineering aspect and you all do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't I don't doubt that you will be the the next economic powerhouse just because of the two parents, one child um, deal in China. So they're just not going to grow by people. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys obviously are not using that same policy. So. You know, those things turn out to matter. You're just going to have raw labor. How do you how do you educate and how do you feed what you think you're going to need? To be honest with you, that would be far more challenging than anything. Back in, I think this was like in the early, must be in the 70s or the 80s, there was a German scientist from America. I, can't I don't think you should name. ever say, you should just <laughs> never say German scientist. Everybody okay, a Nazi imported. <laughs> Somebody from Central Europe that was a scientist. <laughs> so he was the one who invented a different strain of genetically modified wheat. Okay. Okay. India was about to go into a famine and technically yeah. like kill off a large part of the population. But he came up with this wheat that grew shorter and more compact, but produced the same output that the taller plants would produce, which means that you could plant more in a field. 
Right. And they didn't tip over when the wind blew. So they would just oh, wow. go straight right next to people. And he nice. was the one who prevented that entire famine from coming. Because during the British rule, all our food was just taken and given away to the war, right? So yeah. that was the guy who technically prevented us from dying off, I guess, at that point into starvation. Wow. Well, you know, Ireland lost 25% of the population because England took all the food. <laughs> same same story. I don't know why anybody has any animosity towards them. I just don't know. <laughs> and they don't give a shit. <laughs> I know. They don't give a shit. Yeah, we did all these terrible things, so what? Uh, okay, so so when somebody's just doing GDP numbers, so I, I have this weird thing um, that I tie every business contract I have to the consumer mm -hmm. price index. Because the consumer yeah. price index really doesn't flow much, and it doesn't include groceries and gas. And that's the stuff that freaks everybody out when it goes up or down. And the yeah. first time I ever did it, this guy was like, um, okay. And then eventually I had one landlord go, what is this CPI thing? I said, oh, it's the consumer price index, because it sounds innocuous. You just go... Oh, it's some measurement of how society's doing. Well, if, if it's doing better, you know, rent will go up. And if it's doing worse, rent will go down. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's about stagnant. So instead of signing a 10-year lease with a gradual increase, you got a 10-year lease, it's probably not going anywhere. It's a pretty, <laughs> pretty shrewd move. <laughs> kind of a fixed so, thing. <laughs> so my thing, I mean, and, and I'm going to try to say this delicately because I don't want any audience members thinking I'm, I'm a complete jackass. But Texas is the size of five states. So I'm guessing maybe one large area in southern India. But they are our production area, them in California. California is the third biggest economy in the world right now. Yeah. Just the state of California. Mm -hmm. Both of them have electrical issues. They could not or would not build their infrastructure to match their needs. How do you stay ahead of that? I don't know whether like this is a projection based on a bet that technology and agriculture will catch up to the population. But even if we have yeah. to import all the grains that we need for the additional number of people that are produced between now and 2075, where, right. what the hell does that do to the foreign deficit and what happens to the right. currency valuation, which will technically fuck with your GDP, wouldn't it? Eh? If you have all of yeah. those issues, if you just focus on consumer spending, yeah, people are going to keep buying shit because now they're more exposed to more, I mean, more ideas and more, more products shit. than they ever <laughs> were. Mm -hmm. Right. So that would be us, you know, um, pre-World War, people don't really understand. So America was poor before World War One, And that, it wasn't World War One that made us the richest country in the world. It was World War Two, And I'm still not mm -hmm. sure we're the richest country in the world, but we took all of England's money. All of it. Mm -hmm. And left them broke. <laughs> and there's no better feeling in the entire world than to just every single penny they had, we took. Now, we did have a few people die over there from getting into the war, but mm -hmm. that is where the American economy exploded because we could do manufacturing way better than they could. But so yeah. right now, you guys are doing manufacturing brilliantly, but I also see videos of people making food on the floor with their feet in their hands. So <laughs> you, you got both things. I mean, you truth just in truthfulness, you, you got mm -hmm. both things happening. So are you dealing with 
you, you go out to a basic flat plot of land. There's no electrical, no gas or anything. And you build the factory there because nothing else is already there. Because the, the thing we could do in America is nobody, <clears throat> they just ran over the indigenous tribes, but there weren't, there was no infrastructure. So you could build anything you wanted and not have to worry about repairing it or anything for a while. And I'm wondering if you're in that part or like England, where every time they put a, a bite of uh, a piece of equipment in the ground, they ran into an artifact and then they'd have to stop for six months or a year to figure out whether that was big enough to not continue the project. Does that make sense? Here, yeah, it does. Here, it's actually weird because that's why the city keeps expanding further and further away what used to be the heart of the city. So yeah. when uh, when I first met you, we used to live in a part of town called Fraser which was kind of like the center of Bangalore. Like right, right now, there are like neighborhoods like oh, 25 kilometers in one direction and the other direction that look just like Fraser Town. Okay. Well, so huh. if you look at the downtown areas, Bangalore probably has like six different downtowns. Wow. That's Jeez. how it's That's spread crazy. out. Yeah. So yeah. as the time has progressed, all the areas that we looked at and we were like, oh shit, this is just fields and forests. Now there are like yeah. multiplexes and malls and okay. IT companies yeah. and all of that. And the government does a pretty decent job with that at times because they will kind of like designate an area saying that, hey, this we're going to put roads and electricity and all of this shit here, but this is only for companies to come in and invest and build their factories. So they oh, set nice. up, well, yeah, sure. yeah, like the special so economic like, uh, zones, they call it. Eh? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, we do the same thing for tax breaks and incentives. Same deal. We'll provide mm -hmm. your infrastructure if you come in. Um, so is that why you guys are so comfortable in Houston then? Because they it's the only city I know in America that has two full downtowns and it's mm -hmm. spread out over a hundred damn miles. I mean, it's insane. Oh, yeah. I'm wow. pretty sure that's you, why the Indian population there is so happy with it. <laughs> yeah. And you can handle the heat where we can't handle the heat. So wow. Mm -hmm. God, that's that's fascinating. So I still go back to what do you do with the refuse of almost two billion, you know, you're two billion mm -hmm. now, another half a billion humans create a lot of pollution. So yeah. obviously global warming, even for people that were anti-global warming people have kind of shut the fuck up at this point. I mean, they literally mm -hmm. are like, this weather sucks. <laughs> um, so do you guys do any projections of where you can like move to? At, Cause like, I, I have to be honest with you, global warming has been pretty good for Oklahoma. Our weather's yeah. better. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have areas like, it helps. 2010, when I first came to Oklahoma to when I came, like 2020 maybe, the weather was right. way better. We didn't have like really bad winters ever after the first right. two years yeah. I was there. The same yeah, thing and here, summer's like, nowhere near as bad. Yeah. Yeah, the same thing here. I Like the temperature is changing and we are supposed to have like one of the biggest um what is that refugee population? Like people who are displaced. Refugees. Yeah. 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 Like people who are displaced from, it would be the Sundarbans, which is like a coastal area toward the east of India, right. where it is basically like um, tidal forests. And oh, the wow. only thing that stops the flooding and all of that nonsense were these forests, that mangrove forests that grow alongside, yeah. similar to like what we have in right. Florida. 
Florida. And, the, know, right? yeah. <laughs> and those things slowly are disappearing. And they say that it would probably displace close to, I think it was 100 to 200 million people. Wow. God, I didn't and just think our population is only 310 or 320 here. Jesus. Yeah. So I, I have friends that live in Florida, own property in Florida and everything else, and people are still moving there. So you go, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to people and shit like that. <laughs> that's nuts to me. I mean, literally, that's nuts to me. Um, I don't know. I, I guess that's my biggest thing is you just have such a volume of people It'd be interesting to me to get an army or, well, army would probably be the best quartermaster and say, what is necessary for 200 mm-hmm. million people? Because that computer program has not been written yet. Oh, no. Like, that would be an interesting question even to figure out, like, what are the requirements yeah. to right. meet, to feed, to clothe, to right. give them electricity, gas, yeah. transportation, right. all of that shit to become the second largest yeah. economy by 2075. Like what are the steps right. you need to take to that is what I find it mind-blowingly. <laughs> so Canada, I don't know what the answer. Well, Canada is doing their infrastructure because they assume they're getting a bunch of people from here. And, mm. uh, and probably, you know, they have an enormous Asian population. So probably from over there, but they're building up hospitals and everything else now, which is a pretty smart move, but hospitals are incredibly costly to run in the meantime. So I don't know. I mean, that is my curiosity on the whole thing. When I read the article, I was like, well, I'm not surprised. I mean, there's just so the bulk of people there. Mm -hmm. But now I would also say, so if we have another world war between now and 2075, Mm-hmm. I don't know how that I don't know how that works out because you guys will have the bulk of people needed. So yeah. you either become America to World War II and take everybody's money, which would be the biggest opportunity. I mean, I'd be I'd be building and investing in ammunition at this point, which like I know right that now, sucks, but um, it, it is so weird. Like the military deals that India signs up for, like we do, like get a lot of defense equipment from like France in all of the European nations. And now we've started building our own and beefing up the way we do that. But infrastructure has been like the biggest spend for the past couple of years where they're trying to connect every remote part of India. They recently ordered for like 25 of those bullet trains from a company in Japan. Oh, wow. So they're going to start using them here. And I was like, Mm. oh, wow, this is going to be fascinating to see because it's a cultural... That cultural disparity of some people who are still living like how they did from when I remember as a kid, they still stayed that way. And the rest of India is just moving really fast. Right. So I would say Ireland, um, when I first Mm -hmm. went over there, was my father's Ireland. They were still living the same way in all Mm -hmm. of the rural areas. And holy crud, you wouldn't recognize the two major cities. And, and you know, and that's a, that's the micro, micro, micro deal mm. for you guys to look at. That wouldn't even, I, I, I just look at your scale and go, I don't know how anybody scales up that big. 
See, yeah, I just the weird part is I think we, because we're neighbors with China, I wonder whether we look at a lot of things that they do besides like their weird policies <laughs> and kids and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is kind of like, they uh, they really like shot themselves in the foot by implementing such a stringent yeah. measure back in, what was right. it, the 90s or something like that? Yeah, but you just go eventually, you're just going to have this big gap in population. I mean, Look, I mean, we're suffering from it in America. I am 60 years old next month. So I am the last of the, um, the it's all about me generation. I mean, I'm and I don't even consider myself to be part of that. But evidently I am because it was the explosion of families. And and then what? We are already short labor here. And one political side uses all of their energy to blame it on brown people. You know, they used to blame it on black people 50 years ago, but it's brown people's fault. Now And you go, no, we just won't do the math. Um, so my family, we had, we had seven kids. So if those seven had seven, we'd be up to 49, right? No, those mm-hmm. seven had seven. So we're up to 14, <laughs> but the original seven are going to die. So we are not growing at any level that's worth even talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And we also won't let the immigrants in that we need. It's, it's oh, yeah. So I and I think there's a plausible deniability there where you go, how do you keep labor down? Well, don't let them be legal. <laughs> Still going to let mm-hmm. them in and kind of a little wink and turn your head. But um, how, how are you going to make that? Uh, how are you going to make that work? And I, I think we have we have lost a whole ton of like Kyle's, my son Kyle's generation, the twenty to twenty five year olds um, with fentanyl. I mean. And oh, yeah. not maybe our not maybe our best and brightest, but the most educated. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. I, that Sackler family really did a number on population growth, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Those fuckers. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, none of them are going to go to jail for it or anything. I mean, but mm-hmm. that, that is a, that is our history. I mean, that's <laughs> the and I know we've talked about this before. The cash crop that built America was tobacco. And if you had tobacco seeds, this is when Spain was still in control a part of our country it was a death sentence because that's how much government made off the addiction of tobacco you know and we're just still rolling along that same same line we don't we don't i gotta figure out a way to bring that into a talk i'm doing on this sat this coming saturday of, of you know we've played on and made fortunes off of addictions forever here and we learned it off of your lovely uh conquering people the brits so <laughs> That's the weird part, right? We went from tobacco to coffee to alcohol to right. heroin, cocaine, <laughs> and then back around again. Now we've packaged alcohol up into everything sweet and uh, and mm. delicate, you know. And women always had a really low alcoholism rate, and their alcoholism rate is the one that's growing. And as mm-hmm. traditional family caretakers, that's really a, a way to chop into your society quite a bit. Yeah, it's a weird thing, Sean. Like any day of the week or even on the weekend, most of the popular bars here would be packed to the brim. Like there's a yeah. week to get a table. And those are all the, yeah, like before, like growing up, it was such a taboo thing to drink here. Right. Like culturally. Same with me. Yeah. It would be like dingy little dens where people will park their car right. like a mile away and <laughs> run through the back door and all of that nonsense. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so Irish people obviously drink more than most people. So we didn't have that. We had public drinking was taboo. 
Like it was illegal to have a six pack of beer in your car. You couldn't buy beer in Kansas on Sunday or Missouri. So you'd have to kind of smuggle it in, but it was a huge fine and whatnot. We have, we've gone from that to in Oklahoma, we have weed on every corner, you know, literally, which for, for a couple of seeds back 30 years ago, you go to jail for two years. I mean, I don't, I don't know where this, but you know, it's the ebb and flow of politics. This will all eventually move back to the, conservative version which which i think we're pretty much there as i believe you and i are going to talk about on wednesday <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm looking yeah. forward to that one too <laughs> holy jesus so by the way yeah, did you actually, see that oh i was going to yeah. tell you did you see the news report about india launching that rocket to the moon on yeah the moon mission yeah the one we Can saw you the movie believe on. this sean like the biggest fact that i factoid that i found was that this entire mission i think it cost close to 75 million dollars all right wow yeah. the movie gravity cost a hundred million to produce <laughs> oh no a movie the movie about movie <laughs> well you know I, I so i would say you look at that movie i saw it with you who else was with us there's like three or four of us that went and saw that movie yeah. i can't remember anyway so we go see the movie and I look at that and go, that's the future of manufacturing. It isn't Elon Musk's version. Mm -hmm. You give every country the ability to get their own satellite up there eventually. That is a business waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. Like considering and somebody, how of cheap course, India has been doing it, I'm pretty sure that yeah. we would be like competing with Elon Musk's rocket at some point in the future for the same contracts that, okay, we'll do it for 75 million. <laughs> Give it to us and right. we put it in space and come back. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you think about that, that's there. And the other money that's there to be made is collecting space junk. Mm -hmm. And if you can make that and produce that for 75 million and eventually make it where it comes back and lands and all that stuff like he does, which obviously you have the engineering for that. It's just a matter of producing it over and over. And if I remember correctly, it was mostly recycled plastics that you were using. Yeah. So so how do you go up there with the big net like they do in the ocean and collect the stuff? I mean, that's that is where the trillions of dollars are to be had because eventually that shit's a problem. Mm -hmm. Like some company so, can probably figure out a way to, can they use like a giant magnet and at least get all the metal out of the atmosphere that's right, and just space? drag it behind. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure Tata Motors is looking at something like that. That's probably your guy. <laughs> but if you, if you think about it, I mean, that's, that's a brilliant company that's grown and you literally know now own the crown jewels of, of British automaking, which I think would be Land Rover. I, you know, not it, yeah. everyone would say Rolls Royce, and you go, now nah, I've seen one Rolls Royce in Oklahoma, and <laughs> and, and it it was it was silly looking, like it was it was silly. It was an mm -hmm. SUV, and I was oh. like, that is ghetto looking for a probably four hundred thousand dollar car. My old, you remember my old boss? His father had a Rolls Royce Phantom. <laughs> Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, God. God. Uh -huh. I just think, I, you know, in a, in a town like this, no one cares. I mean, they really don't care. They're like, oh, neat. And then we turn mm -hmm. our head and move on. Um, and I was always surprised when I would see rich people, really, really, you know, legitimate rich in the billions, um, driving their own car. You know, you mm -hmm. go, hey, man, at some point, you should probably let somebody else drive and do, you know, get whatever you need done in the backseat. <laughs> do you I know, with like our population growth, like speaking of cars, like, I was looking yeah. at uh, Paris, where they are planning to 
tax or pay for parking in the streets of Paris based on the size and weight of your car. So if you oh, buy wow. a fucking SUV, Smart. it's your own damn fault. Yeah. I want them to start doing that here. <laughs> yeah. There is hardly so, any room. <laughs> so were you were you still in London when you guys did the circle system where you had to pay seven pounds? If seven pounds to the inner circle, and I think it was three and a half or four pounds on the outside, which is why we always took the trains in. I just know it was it was it wasn't huge, but it was nominal, and it was a real easy way to slow traffic. You know, I mean, or not to slow to speed up traffic because I could take a train for four or five pounds. And you know all that, that other thing, stuff. That same system is here, but it's free. Like we have all around Bangalore something known as the ring road okay it's a circular road that went all around the city as to how big it was maybe 10 years ago now there's an right. outer ring road which is a second right. ring that connects all yeah. of that back into the main city and it's like super yeah. easy for me to get from one end to the other if i get onto the main highway yeah so we've done that in my hometown but so last time i was in in london they literally because my my cousin's a civil engineer and, mm -hmm. and he, so they did the, the I don't know what the name of it is, you might know, the one that goes around London. And they wanted to build another one. And the queen really came out against it and said, look, in case of war, we need this farmland. We've got to be able to grow mm -hmm. our own food and killed and killed the project. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I was like, OK, I mean, that was, it, but it was such a logical argument from a country that's always in war. You know, I mean, <laughs> you, you got to be honest. <laughs> I didn't like they were going to stop. They How can you pretend to have calmed down. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're not at all. <laughs> wow. All right. So I'm interested to see from an infrastructure standpoint, if you look at tiny home projects, because you guys have huge slums and uh, and the only other place I've seen slums like that are in South America, you in, in like yeah. Lima, Peru, and their lean-tos and everything else. Sooner or later, that has to be made safer for mm -hmm. longevity. And and I know, you, you know, people go, well, there's always going to be the poor. And you go, yes, there is. But we're going to eventually I had literally had this discussion a week ago and I was like, yes, but if we want them to be tax paying productive citizens, they've got to be able to live better than this. See, Bangalore you know, so, has a very left leaning government right now compared oh, to like like technically it's like our governor is kind of like the opposite party of the central Kind yeah. of like the federal. Okay, yeah. so these guys have introduced like really cool schemes to help like people under the poverty line, where they right. give them like they still do rations here. So oh, nice. any family below certain um, huh. income levels, they get like right. ten kilograms of rice, ten kilograms of this, that, and the other, right. and they also yeah. get like uh, some sort of subsidized version of uh, like gas which would be kind of like your, uh, your gas connections via stoves and stuff yeah cooking gas right mm -hmm, cooking gas huh. and yeah. they just implemented something in bangalore where and women can travel for free on any mode of public transport i don't know whether it's just buses just to encourage oh, wow. women to like to get them more independent to, and rather than the okay. old school subservient being the housewife type of shit that Oh, right. dude, the other day I okay. was so furious about <laughs> Sorry, can I tell you this? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm, 
Hey, like, man, we're talking was, about your country today, not mine. There was this douchebag at a restaurant I was at. He seemed like he was well-educated, like kind of like a software guy. And his right. wife looked like this really timid, quiet person sitting in the corner. And he was right. just bullying her like in like one of the regional languages. And then he would turn and say something like shitty to his friend in English because I think she didn't speak English. And wow. I was like, oh, my God, I just... Like I was telling my mother yeah. this, and she was like, "Please don't yell, shut the fuck up, or something like that." To people like that, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been tempted. You know, I would. I know, I was so Jesus. tempted to do that. <laughs> yeah, but then he's probably just going to beat the shit out of her when they get home. So mm. you know, you don't necessarily help in those situations. Okay, so let me let me discuss one thing in the article since that was our topic of conversation that yeah. worries me. So, in America. Two income families, basically every household now. The very rare circumstance that it's one income. So, yeah. but then we wonder why, on our, why our kids don't behave. This is going to be a huge quandary for you guys. Now, you are mm-hmm. still living in the 50s where the guy goes out and makes money and mom stays home with the kids. Is it, is, but by getting all of those women to work, which... Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Hey, don't, don't misunderstand me. Anybody listening, I'm all for it. I'm all for women being educated. My mom, her sisters all had master's degrees. I'm good with it. The challenge, though, is who watches the kids? Because it ends up being like a state entity. And then you get the right of the right of the right people saying, oh, we're, it's not our job to take care of that. And you go, if we want yeah. everybody to be productive, it is. That, man, there is a business for you right there, is the interim training. Because, you know, I, I don't know how that works. Because we, we're still struggling with it in America, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. So my wife has always worked because she didn't want to hit the glass ceiling. She made her own glass ceiling, owns her own company. Yeah, you know, Solves the problem. Her company actually does better than mine. I'm totally fine with it. But most men would not be. So how does... Tell me what you think that translation looks like. You having lived here, you having lived in the UK, and you presently living in India. How does the transition go from always in charge of the home, always in charge of all of that stuff to how do you get the guys to help out at home if the woman's doing an outside job? With India, the interesting, it's really interesting that you brought this up because I was going to tell you. Our culture dictates that usually you live in a household with your parents. Right. So a lot of the times when the husband and wife start working, it's the grandparents that take care of the kids. Daycares, this is the first time I've seen a lot of them in the neighborhood, but that happens to be most of the people who who generally don't have their family that lives in Bangalore. But it's really weird to see, like, uh, there's a friend of mine who's a software engineer. His wife is also a software engineer. They both go to work, and the kid stays at home where the grandparents take take the kid to school, teach, eat lunch. That's very Italian of you. Very Mm -hmm. Italian of you. It is so similar. Yeah. The the three-story building, and Mm -hmm. the grandparents end up on the bottom because they take care of all the kids while everybody's at work, and everybody switches out which floor they live on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that is ideal, I would say. I don't know why the white Anglo-Saxon culture can't go. We, we just mm-hmm. can't do that. I don't know why. 
There's there's something weird, weird right? about us. Do what? It's weird, right? Like there are times where okay. even with friends of mine in Oklahoma, like their parents live like down the street. And they'll yeah. see them as frequently as I see my mother living in India. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It is. Well, so, you know, the way I try to describe that to people. So my wife with our kids always wanted to, to keep her arms around them to keep them close and in and involved. So let's look at it like a fence in your front yard. Are you building that fence to keep people in or to keep people out? Our culture is to literally throw them off the roof and see if they can fly as early as you possibly can, knowing it's not going to work mm -hmm. for all of them. And hers would never, ever, ever do that. Why would you throw them off the roof? And and they seem to do just fine. I mean, they created banking. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they were the masters of art and everything else up until the 1700s. And, and they make really nice cars now. You know, I mean, that's kind of their thing. But I don't know beyond that. They they live differently and their life seems to be better laid out than ours. It would be the way I would say that. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, but but the men, when they're around their moms, their moms seem to still baby them a little bit, even though mm -hmm. they have wives and children. And I don't know that that's my one <laughs> that's my one caveat. I mean, it really is. It's my one caveat. Yeah. You go, man, dude. Whew. That's not cool with your wife, but, but it's not my culture. So I don't, I don't have an opinion. Mm -hmm. That's just the one thing I see that I go, Oh, that's, that's probably a little too much. So, oh, yeah. so how does, how does that work with the moms and the in-laws? So do they have that thing? Like the, a lot of the Vietnamese, the, the, the mother-in-laws are actually kind of mean to the wives. I'm just so a little can bit I tell mean. you, Shad, there is an entire, like, I'm pretty sure most of Indian soap opera daytime TV is just mother-in-law and daughter-in-law dramas. God, <laughs> there is wow. nothing else. Like there are times where I'll walk by the living room and I'll turn and yeah. look at the telly and mom would be sitting there looking at something and she'll just pretend that she wasn't watching that and flip to a news channel the moment yeah. she realizes I'm there. <laughs> ah, but it's still in within her to watch. Yeah, in in, mm -hmm. in Vietnam, it's evidently like a cultural thing. You know, because yep. they end up coming to live with you. And mm -hmm. then you got this lady riding your ass all the time. And that just seems to me to to bring a lot of animosity where, where um, you know, where it's not necessary. Culturally, it's pretty similar here. <laughs> wow. God, that's crazy. And so, like, my mother-in-law was really, really sweet to me. But, man, mm -hmm. she wasn't very nice to her own kid. But her own kid was a bit of a screw-up. So, I, I get <laughs> it. I mean, well, I mean, you know, they... They want to be proud of their family and offspring and everything. So how much time do we have left? We have time four minutes. Oh, shit. We have just four minutes left. Okay. Let me tell you a story before we go. So mm -hmm. I am watching this Martin Scorsese movie that is about Pahuska, Oklahoma. Now, nobody cares right now about it. But once everybody sees this worldwide, these were the richest people in the entire world. And people were coming in and killing them, stealing their oil revenue Head rights, meaning you're one of a thousand people in this tribe. You get one thousandth of the money coming in. So they show the opening of the trailer and it's Fairfax, Oklahoma, where my mother-in-law is from. And where all the people got killed was Pahuska, Oklahoma, where my father-in-law was from. And my kid's grandpa was the mayor there that owned a gas station and a hotel. I am legitimately <laughs> worried that we are going to look like the really 
really bad people. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. no. <laughs> I'm waiting for oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to give a speech in a city called Ponca City this Saturday as this movie is getting ready to come out. And that city is right in between where all of this happened. Where Conoco's refinery. Yeah. If I was and, there, hey, it's not... if I was there in Oklahoma right now, and I saw that movie, <laughs> wherever you were standing, I'll just be standing behind you, going like, "Shame, shame, shame!" <laughs> this guy right here. But that is, that is the legitimate weirdness of living in this state. Now, my family's not from here, but this is my kids' grandparents and great grandparents, and they were white, mostly. Mm-hmm. Because they adopted native kids. That's how my kids got the bloodline on it. Now, on the mom's side, it's a little bit of a mix. So they're legit there, but they're from this tribe where the people were killed. They were big old ranchers up there. So, yeah, I'm waiting for the ball to drop on this thing. So did I tell you about Yancey Redcorn, this guy that I know that was in the movie? And he was writing me about some other stuff with the schools and everything. And I said, hey, God, did you know my... My kid's grandpa from there, and I wrote down that he's never gotten back with me, ever. Oh, Sean, your, I know. your kid's grandfather probably did some really shitty things. Oh, What's the name no. of that movie? Um, moon. So, um, it's called The Something of the Killer Moon, but it, it, mm-hmm. it'll be out here like in the next month or two, but it looks spectacular. But, yeah, but we, we, I live in a state where the oppressors live with the oppressed, mm-hmm. and their grandchildren live with them still. Yeah, and there's, uh, whew, lordy, not good, not good. All yeah. right, homie, so we're shooting again Wednesday, right? Yes, Wednesday, we would do that. Okay, cool. We're going to talk about the Patriot Pastors on Wednesday. Say, I have an ah. entire outline, but we took so long on one topic that I have like five ah. left. <laughs> Sorry, man. Hey, you know what? I just find it fascinating that both of us were looking at the same realistic thing of how are we going to feed these people? Mm-hmm. Where where is all the poop gonna go? Are we just the buzzkills in life, Sean? Where we're just looking at all the shit that can go wrong when people tell us a good piece of news. First thing yeah, that crossed my it... mind when they told me that India was gonna be like number two in twenty seventy five, I'll be like, I just looked at yeah. someone and I was like, oh shit, I'll be dead by then. Who gives a fuck? And right. I walked <laughs> <laughs> so, I hey man, I just look at it and go, being the biggest isn't the best. You know, mm-hmm. that just means money is in control of everything at that point. Not that it didn't already. But, you know, look, we've we made some huge mistakes here in America and we can't even fess up to making them, much less fucking fixing them. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a great country. It's a great idea. Everything else. You guys are transferring from an old country to a new mm-hmm. country. And that's that's even weirder. Yeah. I think this yeah. last section, because we're less than a minute, I can use as the intro for the entire show since we seem to have wrapped it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Well, hey, I appreciate the call. It's good to talk to you again. And uh, tonight I've got the crazies coming to city council. So if I'm alive on Wednesday, we're going to have yeah. a great shot. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> These are legit crazies. So I'll have some good stories. <laughs>